Greetings. Today is June 11th, and thank you for joining me, your host, Shirley Singleton, here at The Techno Analyst, where we will be discussing topics of interest in the blockchain, cryptocurrency, and fintech spaces. It is my goal to help make these spaces more accessible to people from all backgrounds and walks of life so that the masses may benefit from this technology. We will be discussing current topics of interest while filling in potential gaps in knowledge as we go. I am not a financial advisor and all content in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes. At the time of this recording, Bitcoin is at 37,000, Ethereum is at 2,400, Cardano is at $1.47, and Dogecoin is at 31 cents. Now let's take a look at current events. This Monday, the country of El Salvador adopts Bitcoin as legal tender making it the first country to adopt a currency that it does not control and is not issued by a central authority. Previously, the U.S. dollar was the only currency of El Salvador. To overcome the high transaction fees of the Bitcoin network, they are working with a firm called Strike. Strike makes use of the Lightning Network technology and Venmo payment system. Lightning Network transactions run on top of the Bitcoin network by setting up payment accounts between two parties who want to do a transaction. All transactions between entities are kept in an off-Bitcoin chain ledger and the gross balance of the transactions are reconciled and the transaction history is sent back to the Bitcoin main chain once the account has closed. So you only incur one Bitcoin transaction fee. On Tuesday, President Nia Bikili was on Nick Carter's Twitter space and someone asked him about Bitcoin mining powered by geothermal energy from volcanoes. He thought that it was a great idea. And by the next morning, he had initiated a project and the CEO of one of North America's largest Bitcoin mining uh, groups reached out to him on Twitter. So things are moving very fast. There was a meter response from the US and Europe who said that they would take a wait and see approach. I wonder if this will be a topic at the uh, topic of discussion at the G7 summit this this week. I highly recommend an opinion piece by David Morris on CoinDesk called The Dawn of Bitcoin Geopolitics that discusses that if instead of countries going to the IMF for loans that require them to implement heavy austerity measures, if, you know, what happens if they now have an alternative, if they could return, if they could turn to some place like DeFi. Currently, there is 59.4 billion dollars locked in DeFi. If you look back at some of the measures that countries like Greece had to go to had to go through um, when they got money from the IMF, you know, they had to do a lot cut a lot of government spending. They had to uh, do things that you know, the, the country was under a lot of economic distress. And by taking the loan from the IMS, they it, it, it actually worsened the situation on the ground for the people of Greece. 
in order to pay back those loans. And now let's look at some let's look at Ecuador in 2019. Ecuador got a loan from the IMF for 4.2 billion dollars. Like I said before, currently there are 59.4 billion dollars locked into DeFi. So at the time when Ecuador took the loans, they had to privatize public assets. They had to agree to strip workers of protections and cut government spending by 6% over the next three years. That was in 2019. And these, these things were designed to send the country into a recession so that they could have a better economic outlook in the future. But by going into that purposeful recession in 2019, it caused riots in the street. I mean, people were not happy about that. And then it was followed up by the COVID pandemic. So, I mean, we don't really know exactly where Ecuador stands right now uh, economically, really, because the, the World Bank doesn't have any numbers for it right now because of that. Well, they aren't publishing any numbers for it uh, due to the pandemic. So what if these countries had an alternative? What if these countries were able to, say, turn to DeFi? We all we discussed in a uh, in an episode earlier that you can get a DeFi loan with as little as a email address. I imagine it might take a little bit more than the email address to get you know four billion dollars, but if it, it, these are collateralized loans, so what if you know Ecuador was able to provide collateral that satisfied you know the DeFi people? you know, they, they could get loans from there. So this kind of shifts the balance of power. So now it's, it's conceivable that first world countries can't dictate terms to these, these struggling countries. You're you going to do X, Y, and Z if you take this loan. You know, now they have alternatives. So we'll see where this goes. I'll place a link to the article in the show notes. On Wednesday, China's Qinghai province issued a document calling for the ban of virtual mining operations. The local government cites high energy consumption and environmental pollution. Miners use a mix of hydroelectric and coal depending upon the season for mining. The state Council of China called for local governments to crack down on crypto mining and trading in May to cut back competition on the government's central bank-issued cryptocurrency, the digital yuan, and for environmental reasons. While this initially caused a dip in the prices, Bitcoin prices have rallied and since then have hit heights of 38000 also this week, the Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, notified Tesla that the CEO, Elon Musk, has been tweeting without court-ordered company legal approval. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the violations occurred in 2019 and 2020. The first is about solar roof production volumes, and the second 
is about the company's stock price. This comes after a one-word tweet response on May the 16th of Indeed to a Twitter post by Mr. Whale, who states, Bitcoin miners are going to slap themselves next quarter when they find out Tesla dumped the rest of their Bitcoin holdings with the amount of hate at Elon Musk is getting. I wouldn't blame him. The company calls the SEC's claims as being baseless and calls them harassment, saying that the tweets and questions did not fall under the terms of the court order. I am currently working on a YouTube video concerning Elon Musk's crypto tweets from December of 2020 to present. I will be showing their effect on the price action of Bitcoin and Dogecoin. It's been fun doing the research and I'll update the show note link once I have the video up. I've learned a lot of interesting thing about things about Elon Musk while doing the research and the price action didn't show exactly what I thought that it would. It, it was surprising what it actually shows, but um, I'm looking forward to getting that video out and hopefully I'll have it out over the next week. That's it for this episode of The Techno Analyst. And until next time, stay safe and safe. <laughs>